this is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. Welcome back. I'm so excited about today's episode because we talk with a non-runner, or well, used to be a runner, but he's not a runner anymore, but my good friend Rob, who is a golf coach um, at Boone Creek Golf Course, um, and he just kind of tells us about what he does as a golf coach, and I mean, it, it parallels, there's a lot of parallels um, between what he does and what I do, and just how we learn as adults, and not being afraid to take risks and learn new things and try new things, um, so yeah, let's get started. All right, I have Rob Sweeno. So Rob, tell me a little bit about yourself um, and how you and I even know each other. Okay, um, so so we met at uh, Augustana um, freshman year. Even we met mm-hmm. um, a lot of friends. Both lived in the same dorm um, and met pretty early on. I don't remember exactly how we met, but um, but yeah, it was early on. You know, maybe one of the first like freshman activities or something. Yeah. Like that. And then you know, like I said, had a lot of uh, mutual friends throughout college. Um, so, you know, um, didn't keep in touch as much after college, but, you know, great thing about social media is we've mm-hmm. connected and, and, you know, and I got the chance to kind of follow your, um, page and, and I came across it through, um, uh, Barb's Facebook page when you're doing the, uh, the run a mile every day. Oh yeah. About it and I saw it and I was like, Holy cow. Like, you know, blast from the past, you know, so I <laughs> up and started following your page and, and, you know, we reconnected not too long ago. So that's so funny. Yeah. Do you know what the funny thing is that in college, like our mutual friends were runners in yeah. college, like all of the track guys and the cross country right. guys, but I didn't run in college at all. No. <laughs> Yeah, no. And, and yeah, so, so my freshman roommate, uh, and yeah. sophomore roommate, Tim Fry, you know, was a, a cross country and track. Yeah. Runner. And, uh, and yeah, it was the same thing. Like he, he had, uh, he actually tried to get me to go out for the, uh, the cross country team, um, for the sole purpose of being able to go to like their, their early season, like, um, training. Cause they mm-hmm. went to like, a like a, uh, um, kind of like a summer lodge thing where yeah. they, like a lake and stuff like that. And he always talked about it and it sounded awesome. I'm like, I'm not going <laughs> country just, just, to, just to be able to party for a week, you know, at, yeah. a, at a summer lodge. So running but, sounds miserable. There's other college parties I can find. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But okay. So a little bit more about you though. So you did run at one point in your life, maybe not college, yes. but tell us. Yeah, more about so, that. so I, uh, um, you know, really started running more, more or less through, um, PE classes in, yeah. in high school. You know, it was, it was a requirement, you know, early on, there was always different portions at it. And, you know, I remember always being a little bit better at distance running than sprinting. Um, mm-hmm. so I played baseball growing up where sprinting or being fast in that aspect was a little bit more of a premium. And I, I was never that fast, but I remember when it came to like distance running, when we do like warm up jogs or even like, you know, mile, two mile runs, stuff like that for training. I was always a little bit faster than, you know, the others on the, on the team. And then, uh, my junior year of high school, we, um, we had an offering, um, like a PE class that was called strength and conditioning that was kind of tailored towards athletes. So instead of doing like the regular PE, Mm -hmm. this was a little bit more tailored towards conditioning, which was kind of nice. And, and the, week was split up, um, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday were lifting days, Tuesday and Thursday were running days. And, you know, the lifting, the lifting I, I liked, um, but I was always self-conscious in that part because, you know, I've been 
pretty thin my whole life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people may say, oh, you're, you know, don't complain about being thin because a lot of people struggle to be thin. But being thin for a guy is definitely not always the greatest thing, you know, especially in a, a physical sport like baseball where, you know, strength helps a lot. Mm-hmm. So in, the, in the lifting stuff, I always felt self-conscious because these guys are, are, you know, like bench pressing all these heavy weights. And here I have like the bar with a few weights on it. And I'm like, okay. But then when we did the running stuff, you know, I, I always liked because they would be like, like wheezing and back and I was like towards the front and I was like, okay, I like this. So, you know, I started doing it more and, and, um, you know, never did a race or anything like that. Um, but you know, would do it as a good workout, you know, and, and, you know, usually anywhere from a couple miles up to like six miles at most. Um, Oh wow. In high school. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, um, yeah, freshman year of college. So my, my roommate again, Tim Fry was a, uh, um, cross country runner. And I remember one morning, uh, he, he woke me up and said, Hey, I'm going to go for a, a short run now, <laughs> short, quotes on short run there. Um, to, uh, to start the day. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. That sounds good. And we met up with, uh, with another runner and I was just following them and was able to actually keep up with them. They were probably going a little bit slower pace just to, to appease me, but <laughs> sure. you know, we were running and, and our short run was like seven miles. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I was like dying, but I was like, okay, but I did feel, you know, it did feel good. You know, that was kind of, I think always the nice part for running for me was even though, you know, it felt you know, hard, especially towards the end, you know, if I was running at a good pace, you know, I always tried to like kind of finish the runoff strong. So I'd be, I'd end and be, you know, panting and sweating, but mm-hmm. afterwards I always felt really good, you know, and, and, and it's true about all workouts too. Like, yeah, I, like I, I hate, you know, I work out with a trainer sometimes and I, I hate our workouts because yeah. he kicks my ass, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, I always feel really good afterwards. So, you know, I think that's the, the benefit to, to running is, is that, you know, and even the guys that weren't great at it, you know, they still did the runs yep. and you still get the benefit out of it. You know, it doesn't really, it was, it wasn't a timed thing where, you know, it, it wasn't like I got extra points because I finished yeah. <laughs> first, I finished last. It was just, if you finish the run. So, you know, that's kind of the nice part is there's no, there's no timer out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even during races, when there is a time, it's like, it doesn't actually really matter that so-and-so finished before you or you're the last person or whatever. It's like, like you said, it's the satisfaction that you get after it's done. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you do like the the time, you know, the best part is you can set your personal goals yeah. off. You don't have to compare yourself to somebody else. I mean, you know, I, if, if I went for a run again with, with Tim, like I wasn't <laughs> going to try to, you know, beat his time or anything like that. It's just like, okay, if I can do the same run as him, then I'm, I'm in pretty good shape. So. Yeah. I like what you said about running is hard because I think a lot of times people that maybe haven't gone running or a little bit out of shape and haven't done exercise in a while, they start and they're like, this is really hard. And they look at someone else and they're like, well, it must be easy for them. But it's like, no, (laughs) it's hard for everyone. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, it, it's all, it all comes down to kind of your, your self-motivation, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's definitely tough, especially when, you know, the, the, the weather's not great. Um, uh, you know, so, so my, uh, my girlfriend also, um, is a, is a big runner. Mm-hmm. She, she's run the Chicago marathon twice. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I remember when she was like doing the training for it, I mean, she would get up at like four in the morning to do a run and in the middle of winter, I mean, yeah. it's like 
15 degrees out and she's going outside because she, she did not like treadmills at all. So she always wanted to run outside and, and she would, when she was doing like her longer runs, like, like 10 plus mile runs, she would actually drive her route first and place um, water bottles at certain spots and then go back, do the run and then go back and pick them up. So, I mean, yeah. medication that she had for that was awesome. Um, you know, and that was where, you know, unfortunately, you know, recently with running, I've just kind of been like <laughs> more on the side of like, eh, you know, like, uh, uh, and, and it's just being busy with other stuff. You know, there's only so much time in the day, but you know, the nice part too is, is really, you know, it only takes maybe a half hour to get a good run in Yeah, an hour at most even, and you can get a, a good, you know, good distance run in. So, and the more you do it, you know, you're going to get better at it. So, so that motivation is going to increase, you know, it, it's going to make you want to run more when you get better at it, you know, and everybody for the most part should, if they're, if they're doing the right things, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Um, that reminds me in the book, the compound effects, and I'm sure other personal development books, they just talk about like momentum. Like it's so hard when you first start and then it gets a little bit easier, but there's still hard parts, but it gets easier because of the momentum. You get right. more motivated. You're like, ooh, I like feeling like this after I'm done. You get addicted to that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just like getting over that hump. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it comes down to self-motivation. I would say having a, a coach or a motivator definitely helps. You know, that's where, you know, you see a lot of people with um, – like workout buddies or stuff like that, where like, like, Hey, you know, maybe we don't work out together, but, um, we want to work out at six o'clock. So I text you in the morning just to make sure that you're up, you know, having someone to help. And that's where, you know, working out with a trainer, I've always, I've always really liked because, you know, I'm, I'm taking the time or he's taking the time to set this up with me. Like it's, it's, you know, part of his day. So I better not like cancel on him. You know, if, if we set a time, like I'm going to be there because I'm not going to be that guy that just blows him off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I and that helps a lot too, because the self-motivation part is definitely the hardest, you know, is to, to be able to, to get up and do it. But when you have somebody helping you along the way, it's, it's definitely a big benefit. Yeah. One of the things that we are talking about in the coaching program that I'm doing is the transformation is in the transaction. When you put your money down, it helps you transform. And you think like, oh gosh, I don't have enough money to pay for this. And it's like, well, when you find the money to invest in yourself, you're like, all right, now I actually have to do it. If you're, yeah. You know, and, and when you do it, I think when you do it with, with a, with like an individual or a team in that aspect, you're, you're even more accountable for it because I mean, how many people get gym memberships? Oh gosh. <laughs> use them because there's not that, you know, there's not that extra. I'm like, yes, you pay for it, but you know, you can make excuses along the way of why, you know, why you, you don't need to go or why you could be doing something else, you know? So, but when you, when you, like yeah. you said, have that money out there to like a specific person or something and know that, you know, this is part of their day too. Mm-hmm. And now you're, you're a little bit more accountable for it. Yeah. Invested in it. Yeah. That's so true about those gym memberships because you're like, Oh, this gym is so great. Cause it's so cheap. But then you're right. like, Oh, well I only spent $30. It's not that big of a deal if I don't go. And then like, I didn't transform. It didn't change at all. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So running isn't a big part in your life and that's okay. Like we go through seasons or, you know, sometimes it is for you and sometimes it isn't. I know I've gone through like just different workouts that have like been there for me in life, but you are big on golf and you were big on golf in college. Did you play in college too? 
Yeah, I played all four years at Augie um, and and have been playing for pretty much my my entire life. I started, I, I was first introduced to the game when I was um, only three years old. Oh, um, wow. my, uh, my dad was a big golfer and uh, um, he uh, he just took a, um, my dog's saying hi. No, it's okay. <laughs> Oh, it's so um, cute. he took he took an old golf club of his and just uh um cut down the the shaft and put a grip on it so it was like sized for me and i just basically hit balls in our backyard and every once in a while joined him on the course and uh um, we'd play like a few holes or i would ride in the cart with him and hit a few shots here and there and then as i got older i got more and more into the game um mm-hmm. and then you know i wouldn't say i really i didn't start dedicating time to it until um, like high school, college, and then even after college, cause, um, I played baseball growing up. That was what all my friends played. So I was kind of one of the only, you know, kids playing golf. So, you know, if, if my dad wasn't there to play, then it was, you know, I was either on my own or I had to like go to the golf course and end up playing with random, like older guys. And, and that was not as fun. So mm-hmm. uh, I played baseball growing up mostly. Um, that was what I kind of dedicated more time to early on and then um as we got through high school you know I kind of realized that baseball wasn't going to take me too far because you know athleticism played into it where you know other kids were other kids were starting to get better and and I was kind of at my peak you know Mm -hmm. I put a lot of time into it and wasn't seeing big results so I was Mm -hmm. like okay you know golf is still there for me so I started putting more time into that um, I had some colleges contact me, um, Augie being one of them. And, um, once I went on a visit at Augie, I was kind of hooked on it. You know, yeah. I had the golf program, the campus was beautiful. I liked all the, all the, 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 the size of the school. I liked being at a smaller school. So that kind of played into it. But, and then once I got there, um, you know, I was, I was golf pretty much all the time, at least for, um, athletics. Um, you know, even then, you know, still didn't take it as seriously as I might've liked to looking back on it. Um, our coach wasn't the most involved. Um, he, uh, he also is the, the basketball coach at, uh, at Augie and they have a phenomenal basketball program yeah. is number one. So he put most of his time into that golf was kind of a thing he did on the side. So we didn't really have organized practices or anything like that. And being college kids, we took that. <laughs> You know, we were like, oh, well, we don't need to practice today or, you know, we'll, we'll go and play nine holes instead of like practicing, you know, mm-hmm. playing nine holes versus practicing it isn't really going to give you the, the benefit. So, um, so yeah. And then, and then after college, that was when I started playing even more competitively and realized that, okay, if I'm going to compete with some of these guys that are, that are really good, um, you know, I have to work at it. Yeah. Know? And, um, you know, I started to see where, you know, guys that were, you know, maybe a little bit more talented than me, um, you know, at the start were, were ahead of me, but then through the hard work, I started to see where I, I kept up with them yes. and have even, even started to pass them. And that's, that's to me where it becomes a lot of fun when you improve in an area that you're, you're struggling with, um, you know, so in, in golf, it can be a variety of things, you know, whether it's, it's distance, how far you hit the ball, how straight you hit the ball or, or mostly short game, your work kind of around the, the green, you know, there's always areas to improve. And when you work hard enough at one, you start to see the results and then all of a sudden it becomes more fun. Mm-hmm. And, and golf is a great game. I mean, a lot of people really enjoy it by just going to the course and just playing. But to me, 
you know, I think that if I were to only play the game and not get any better, I would start to lose interest. Yeah. And, and that's where, you know, it, it to me, and, and that was like kind of where I got to baseball. I mean, I still love baseball. I still watch it all the time, but I got to a point where I was putting a lot of work in and not seeing a lot of results. So I was like, okay, either I'm doing something wrong or I've, I've hit my kind mm-hmm. of hit. So, you know, golf, I haven't hit that yet, you know, and I don't think I ever will, you know, when you see the amount of guys on, on, you know, tour and how many guys, you know, play collegially and everything like that. I mean, and, and even recreationally too, there's always, something you can do. It's such a diverse game that there's so many different areas. You just have to kind of, I think, have someone to point you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, and then it's up to you to put in the work. And, you know, that was where I started to get interested in becoming a a golf instructor was, okay, you know, I enjoy this part of the game. You know, I'd like to to help other people. Um, And, you know, that was, you know, my first couple of lessons that I did, you know, I was, I was, so intimidated, you know, like, why are these people taking lessons from me? Like, you know, who am I? Like, what are my syndrome? Like, yes. Yeah. You're just like, like, yeah, you know, like, you know, there's, there's, there's some golf instructors. I mean, a lot of golf instructors come from a, a very competitive background. You know, I come from a, a small competitive background, but a lot of coaches, you know, were, were basically failed tour stars. Like they tried to be the next tiger woods, let's say didn't get to that point. So they said, okay, I'm going to teach instead but they have all these accolades because they played, you know, professionally overseas or they did that. So, you know, they have these, these stats that they put out there that everyone kind of looks at and they're like, Oh wow. You know, I'm going to take lessons from them. Mm -hmm. What sells me? And, you know, so I started very small. I, I started with, you know, who, who would take lessons from me. And a lot of it was beginners, people returning to the game, you know, the, the ones that the, let's say high level coaches don't have the time of day for. Mm hmm. Everybody needs a coach, yeah. To me, you know, and and if they're willing to to come to the lesson and take a lesson and and work on getting better, then you know I don't care if they've never played before, and and you know I'll I'll you know at least teach them to have fun with the game, um, you know, and and some of my favorite students are are ones that are just starting the game because they're the most eager. Mm-hmm. The people that have been doing it forever are so stubborn sometimes in their ways, like oh I've been doing this for thirty years, well you kind of been doing it wrong for <laughs> yeah you know to get them to change something is is difficult but the new ones they're they're a lot of fun um you know that and uh and and senior ladies are my favorite because oh, really oh yeah because they come they come with like the most like low expectations like if you get them to get the ball up in the air and have a little bit of distance to it they're like the happiest people in the world mm-hmm. quick win guys, guys we are so like stubborn and and kind of egotistical where, you know, we think we should be hitting it a lot farther. <laughs> ladies I love because they just always have a blast. I can joke with them, you know, and, and be casual, you know, mm-hmm. I've always liked a more casual environment. I don't want to be too serious. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then, and then as I did more lessons, I started to get better as a coach. Oh, they started God. to see better results and, and that's where it really became fun. I mean, to me, you know, I think, I think any, anytime someone wants to be a coach, it's because they want to see their students do better. You know, mm-hmm. their success is just as much fun for us as it is for them. Mm-hmm. You know, if I feel like I'm not helping them, you know, then, then I start to look at ways maybe I could be helping them or, you know, I've, I've had certain points where, you know, I say, Hey, look, you know, maybe I'm just not the right coach for you. 
you know, I'm, I'm not yeah. afraid to say that to someone yeah. like if they're putting in the time and I'm not doing my part as a coach, I'm going to say, Hey, you know, I know so-and-so that maybe could help you if you want to go see them, you know, because to me, golf, you know, part of, of what we say as golf professionals is part of our, our job is to help grow the game. Okay. So, you know, so that's introducing new people to it, bringing people back to it, keeping people interested in the game. And, you know, if, if somebody else can do it that, that I can't, then I'm going to send them that way, you know, and, and be happy knowing that somebody else is, is helping that person. And definitely people that make a extremely good living coaching golf, you know, but to me, it was, it was more about just doing something that I loved than, you know, about the big payday at the end, you know? So, you know, to me, it's, it's, it's more about, um, you know, like I said, kind of helping the other people improve and, and seeing their, their excitement in the game. You yeah. Know? You want to help your clients with their transformation. And if that transformation isn't happening and you're both doing the work, then yeah, it's just not a right fit. And, um, exactly. yeah. 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 So, you know, it, it, to me, being a coach is, is as much being a, a student as, as the student themselves. You know, I mean, I learn stuff from lessons every time, you know, what, what I early on did in my lessons was I was basically regurgitating what I had heard from other golf instructors. Yes. Like, Oh, well, so-and-so told me to do this in my game. So maybe it'll help this person. And as I progressed, you know, I learned that, okay, you know, everybody's an individual, you know, everyone has different backgrounds, um, different capabilities, stuff like this. So I started teaching the student more than, you know, teaching like a lesson, let's say yeah. you know, it, it, everything I do now is catered to the, to the individual. You know, I might say some of the same things to, you know, some students, but you know, it's, it's basically, I'm looking at them first and okay, where are they coming from? You know, what can I best do to help this person? You know? Yeah. There's no method to it. You know, yeah. a lot of people say that, that, that there's these method teachers with, with golf where there's like all oh, this one swing that we can teach everybody. And it, it's not the case, you know, it, it's not possible because everybody has different, you know, backgrounds, physically, um, athletically, if you've played different sports, it, it works into it. Um, you know, different injuries you've had, you have to be able to work around. So, you know, you can't teach the same swing to everybody. Yeah. It sounds so much like, I mean, just a classroom in public education, like you have your curriculum that you need to teach, but then you have your kids that show up to your classroom with whatever backgrounds they bring and you have to cater to what they need. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and yeah, you know, I'm yeah. sure there are teachers. I mean, I remember, you know, thinking back to, to, you know, like elementary and middle school, you know, I had plenty of teachers that basically just read out of the book. Sure. But they weren't the ones that I, I remembered either. You know, like all the ones that I enjoyed their classes from the ones that I enjoyed were the ones that made each lesson different, you know, it made everything unique. And, and yeah, if you were more of a visual learner, they went that route. If you, if you learned more from, you know, from, from performing something than that route. And, and that's the same way I now construct my, my golf lessons. I mean, technology has played a huge part in golf. So there's, there's video you can use, there's different, you know, pieces of equipment, stuff like that. So, you know, I try to, see, you know, and, and I'll ask the person, you know, like, Hey, do you, do you do better if I, you know, show you how to do something? Do you do better if I show you video on what you're doing wrong or this and that? Because I'm you know, taking you know, some coaching notes here. <laughs> some people with, some people with video, let's say go 
you know, backwards because they look at the video and they all of a sudden see like 15 different things that they're doing wrong or would like to change. And it's like information overload to them. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I may use the video just to see something like in slow-mo that I want to see, but I may not show it to them. I may say, here's what I see. Here's what we need. You know, um, same thing with like training aids, you know, there's different aids that we, that we can use that demonstrate or, or kind of exaggerate something that we're trying to do. And some people don't like that because mm-hmm. they like to have a normal swing. They don't kind of transfer, um, that, that knowledge, you know, and that's one of the things that, that, so I've gone through, um, I'm actually going to, to Florida in, uh, two weeks for my, uh, um, last round of PGA certification. It's basically like a master's program for, um, golf management and golf instruction. And, uh, one of the things they talk about is, is what we, what we call like transfer practice. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we find in, in golf a lot too, is, is that, you know, people look good in lessons. They do really well on the driving range, but they go to the golf course to play and it fails them or they go back to old habits. So, mm-hmm. so we have to look at, okay, why isn't it transferring, you know, and, and there's a couple of things that could play into it. I mean, there's, there's less pressure on the driving range because I have a bucket of golf balls in front of me. If I hit one bad, I just grab another one and hit it. Yeah. And I remember the good ones a lot more than I remember the bad ones. So that's where people think, Oh, I'm hitting it so good on the range on the golf course. It's a true test. I hit one ball and it either goes straight or it doesn't. So, you know, that's where, but a lot of it is how we practice too. Um, you know, and I'm sure this can relate to running a little bit too. A lot of times when people practice golf, they go to the driving range and they do just that. They hit a bucket of balls with no thought process into it. Okay. And you get into this kind of like robot form and that just doesn't happen on the golf course. So what I try to get people to do, especially if they're more of a competitive golfer and want to get better playing is do a lot more kind of course simulation where it's like, okay, you know, hit it between this, this post and this post, like that's your fairway. You have to hit that. I'm going to give you three shots and you start doing that more kind of simulation stuff yeah. where people start to see a lot of results faster. So that's something that we talk about in my coaching course is like you, you watch the show, the biggest loser. And it's like, these people go to a ranch and they do these extreme diets and they work out for 15 hours a day and they lose all this weight. And then they go home and they gain all of it back. And then some, because they weren't, you know, it wasn't what life real life is like. And right. so if you're doing something you're, and you're doing it for a short period of time, you're doing it for just the circumstance, but you're not applying it to how your life actually is or how a golf course actually is, then it's not going to transfer. And yeah, it's totally, totally same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of it, you know, what I've tried to get, you know, my, my, my golf students to understand is that, you know, we as the, as the instructor are kind of giving you the guidelines on how you're going to get better, you know, coming to me for lessons alone is only going to improve you marginally. If you're not putting time in between lessons or, or we're going to work on the same exact things in each lesson because you're not going to improve in those areas. So, you know, I try to sell people on the idea that, you know, okay, here's what we worked on today in the lesson. Here's what you should practice. And if they do it, then they're going to get better. If they don't, they're probably not going to get better or they're going to get better marginally, you know, Mm -hmm. where, you know, unfortunately a lot of people struggle because they, they want the, 
the quick way out. You know, yeah. realize that you know <laughs> golf, like anything else, is is a a difficult game, and and you know, it doesn't take a lot of work to be able to play the game and enjoy it. But if you want to get better at it, then you know you you have to put some time in. There has to be some accountability on on your side. So yeah, that consistency, practicing it. I mean, it's it's. I always say it's everything we need to know in life, like we really learn in kindergarten. If you want to be a better reader, you have to practice reading or you're not going to, you're not going to get to be better. Right. Yeah. Everything goes back to that age old (laughs) saying practice makes perfect. I mean, as as corny as that saw, you know, as that, as that saying is, you know, and I'll even say that, you know, that saying's wrong because there's no such thing as perfect in golf, but (laughs) yeah, practice does, you know, make improvements, I would say. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it is hard. I think especially, I mean, I'm, I'm sure with golf, just everything with social media, sometimes it brings people together and it's like, wow, there's really cool things happening. But then also there's a lot of marketing about quick fixes. So you get used to the idea of, oh, it's going to be easy. And if it's not easy, then it's not worth like, oh, I don't want to do this, but there's, there's an abundance of them on, I mean, golf has the golf channel. Oh, okay. It's catered 24 seven to golf mm-hmm. and it, it shows like golf tournaments, which is really great, but it also does a lot of golf instruction stuff. And I, I, I like and dislike it at the same time. I like it because, you know, it's getting more people involved in the game. You know, people have a way to look and see, but that's again, where people are looking for that quick fix or yeah. easy answer and stuff like that. And, and golf is such an individual thing that when, they're talking about how to improve your driving. It's catered towards a small percentage. It may not be how you improve your driving. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's really tough. I mean, uh, you know, some people are, are real big on it. They, they push a lot of, you know, they do a lot of infomercials and push a lot of, you know, Oh, automatically correct your slice. If you, you know, buy this product for a hundred dollars, like newsflash, it, it ain't, it ain't going to happen, you know? You yeah. Know, you know, so yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's all in, in all the markets. All right, cool. All right. So, um, what is one piece of advice that you would give to others to change their lives? You know, I would say that, you know, in order to make a change there, there definitely has to be that, that self kind of motivation. Mm-hmm. People can preach to you all they want. You know, I mean, I, I do it with my, with my golfers all the time at the course, you know, and, and, you know, luckily I'm at a, at a course where, you know, we have a pretty laid back setting, you know, most of my customers are, are very kind of regular people where I can just kind of hang with them, talk with them after their round, you know, they'll be in the bar afterwards and I'll, I'll rib them a little bit. Um, you know, if they had a bad round or something and say, well, why don't you come see me for a lesson? Mm-hmm. You know, or, or you could have done better if, you know, if we worked together or something mm-hmm. like, that. you know, until they take that step, they're going to be going in circles, you know, and, and that's to me, the, the, the big part. And, you know, sometimes it takes them hitting like rock bottom, you know, yeah. and, and in golf, I mean, there, there's, you know, there's no big rock bottom, but if they, hit, <laughs> you know, usually what will happen is, is if a regular customer comes and sees me for a lesson for the first time, it's because they just had their worst round of the year. Mm-hmm. So at a spot where they were like, they were embarrassed in their group. You know, it, it's very frustrating to play the game poorly, no matter what level you're at. So they're at, at a level where they're like, okay, I need to do something. Yeah. Others, you know, when they're first starting up, 
you know, are smart enough to kind of realize, Hey, I don't want to do this on my own. Mm -hmm. So I need to reach out to someone, you know, and golf lessons can be intimidating at first, you know, there's that, that fear of being judged, you know, especially from someone that, you know, like my, my job title is head golf professional. (laughs) It's a fancy title. It basically means I manage the golf course and I give lessons, Mm -hmm. but people see that and they're like, Oh, you know, golf professional. They think that I, you know, played on tour with Tiger Woods and it's like, okay, I'm just a regular guy. You know, I just, you know, don't, don't be too intimidated, but they get scared. So they come to the lesson and they're, they're already scared. You know, don't be afraid. Like you should never be afraid to ask someone for help on something, you know, Mm -hmm. because we've all been there at some point, you know, Mm -hmm. the majority of us have gotten help at some point in our career. I mean, I've gone through several different instructors where I've asked them for advice on stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, when I'm playing in tournaments and stuff, if I see somebody doing something really well, I like picking their brain. Just like, Hey, you know, what have you been working on? you know, or, or I'm struggling with this. How can I improve it? You know? And, um, you know, the, the other side of it, I would say is, is, you know, when you want to make an improvement in your life, be specific with it. Um, you know, when, when people come to me, um, in golf lessons and they say, you know, Oh, I want to get better at golf. Okay. That's a very broad, <laughs> okay, let's find a few areas that we want to get better in. And, yeah. and it helps your instructor too, or your coach, if you have something set in mind, like some sort of goal, you know, for a runner, like, let's say it's, I want to run, you know, a, a sub seven minute mile or something mm-hmm. like that. That at least gives you something to go off of. Okay. Yeah. Let's see where you're at. Let's see realistically how long it might take us to get to this goal. And then we can work on that from there. We can set a game plan together, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we can kind of give the information of, okay, here's the steps that I think we need to take. Here's how long I think it would take us, you know, if we, if we work the right way and, and let's see how it goes. And, you know, to me, I think that's a big part. And, and like I said, I would say, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Be intimidated at going to someone for help because they're going to help, you know, their interest is to make you better and, and they're going to help keep you accountable too. They're going to keep you motivated you know, and, and sometimes that self-motivation is the, is the toughest part. So, you know, if, if we can help you in any way to, to get that motivation, then, then that's great. So. Yeah. And I think something going along with the, you can buy a product and it promises you this quick fix, but it's the practicing that gets you to being better. And I think that sometimes we, maybe we're beginners or we're just like regular people. We're like, oh gosh, I can't reach out to an expert for help. The expert helps other experts, but it's like, no, no, no. The people that are coaches, they help regular people. Like, and then you get to wherever it is that you want to be. You want to be a better golfer. You want to be a better runner. You want to lose weight. It's like, that's the coach's job is to help that transformation and help it faster. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, you know, in, in the instance of, of running is a lot of people probably look at running as a very kind of simple thing at the, on the outside, you know, it's, you know, you, you basically put one leg in front of the other, (laughs) but you know, to think that, Oh, I need a running coach kind of is, is maybe a new concept to people where it's like, okay, you know, try running on your own for a little bit. And if you're not seeing results, it's like, okay, well maybe you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, if I go out and every morning and run two miles or something like that, 
you know, I'm probably going to stay at the same pace for the majority of the time. Cause one, I'm not going to know that I can push myself to go a little yeah. faster. And then, you know, I'm going to get frustrated because I'm not improving. So then I'm going to start making the excuses of, Oh, I can just sleep in instead of running today or I'll run later or something like that. So, you know, again, I think having someone point out like, you know, the, the, um, you know, the steps to, to improve and, and to, you know, lose weight if that's your goal or to be faster, if that's mm -hmm. your goal, it's really going to come from, you know, a, a coach, you know, that, that kind of has a program for you. Um, you know, one of the things that I remember seeing when, um, you know, that, that always kind of boggled my mind when, uh, when my girlfriend was training for the marathon was none of her runs were the full marathon length you know, like the longest run she did was like 15 or 16 miles, you know, maybe 18, but mm -hmm. it was never like 26.2 miles. And that just baffled me, you know, as someone that that's never done a marathon before or trained for one, I was like, well, if you're doing a marathon, wouldn't you maybe do a run that was the length of the marathon? But she kind of explained that, you know, it's not about the distance as much. It's about conditioning your body to certain points, you know, and stuff like that. And I said, okay. And then, you know, she obviously went out and and did it twice. So, <laughs> twice. You know, that that shot me up pretty quick. Of you know, like uh, you know, my. I remember. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched the show uh, How I Met Your Mother, but mm -hmm. Barney in the one episode is giving Ted a hard time because he's training for the marathon. He's like, "You don't train for a marathon. You just <laughs> run. You just up and run. You know, it's like." Yeah, so, I do like that episode. Yeah, you know, and that that was that was kind of my let's say. Uh, um, um, ignorant point of view for not having trained for one, you know, and, and it could be the same for, you know, golf mm -hmm. like, to get better. You just hit a bucket of balls or, yeah. or you just go up and play or play every day. And it's like, you know, it, it's going to help you marginally, but if you want to make actual, you know, big improvements, yeah. you know, practice the right way and have someone kind of show you how to practice the right way. Yeah. That's wonderful. Wow. It's so great. So Rob, uh, where can people find you and your business, um, on the interweb? So I'm located at a, uh, a course called Boone Creek golf club. Okay. Uh, our website is uh, uh Boone Creek GC. So B O O N E C R E E K. And then G like golf, C like course.com. Um, all my like classes, instruction, stuff like that is posted on there. Um, our Facebook page is just under Boone Creek golf club. Um, or you can look me up on my personal page, which is Robert Sweeno, S-W-E-N-O. Um, and then uh, it also has links to uh, um, Twitter and, and Instagram on there as well. So, um, Cool. And I'll post all of those in the show notes so people can just click them um, and they can perfect. find you. Yeah, it's, um, it is pretty cool to see how technology has just like enhanced our lives in the last couple of years. Like it's insane. But all right. Well, Robert, thank you so much for being on the show. Sure. Love to, uh, love to do it. It's good to uh, reconnect with you and, and look forward to seeing how everything goes in the future. All right. Thanks, Rob. Bye.